Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. So this is the earliest I can remember hurricane season ending. It usually starts June 1st. Well, now it's over on June 8th. Uh, the lightning, of course, they went 2-1 to one over Carolina. It was those hurricanes that are done, and they win that series four games to one. They wait for the winner of the Boston New York Islanders series to be in the Stanley. They're in the Stanley Cup semifinal again, and it was uh, a, a great effort, especially from the fourth line. Um, you had Braden Point scoring on the power play, and then Ross Colton, who could have had a couple goals, uh, he had a wrister to put it away in the third. So, Steve, you said this before we came on. Fifth time in seven years they've made it to the Final Four? Fifth time in seven years that they've made the Final Four, starting with the Stanley Cup loss to the Blackhawks back in 2015. Okay. Then in 16, they lost to the Penguins in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final. Right. Then in uh, the next year, they didn't make the playoffs. They missed it by one point. They had a bad start to the season, got red hot that. in the second half. and were Almost point, got yep, there, yeah. Almost got there. Then the next season, they lose to the Capitals in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I was there After for that. They lost Game yeah. 6 and 7 and didn't yes. score. Yeah, both of the, against yeah. the Penguins and the Capitals, they had 3-2 series lead. Right, right. Then the next year, they win 62 games, <laughs> have an incredible season, and get swept out by the Blue Jackets. <laughs> that in the that first one round. stung. It did. Yeah. And then, of course, last year they get to the bubble. They win it all. Right. And now the year after the bubble, they are back in the – what's now – there's no Eastern Conference final this year because of the rearranged divisions because of COVID and travel yeah. and all that. So it's officially it's called the Stanley Cup playoff semifinal round or the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Right. So, But they are in that for the fifth time in the last seven years and the sixth time in the 11 seasons that Jeff Vinnick has owned the team. And before Jeff Vinnick owned the team, they had made the semifinals – once mm, not a coincidence i mean venick is a great owner he hires the right people that's obvious and they've gotten the right players and the right coach so it all all kind of starts there maybe not a surprise but look this guy knows how to rise to the occasion he knows how to put the, the foot on the or the skate on the throat as they say third straight shutout in a series clinching game for one andre vasilevsky who stopped I think, what, 29, 28, 29 shots? Something like that, and he was fantastic. Um, yeah. Granted, the Lightning's, you know, kudos to the Lightning defense in front of him, too. But for, first of all, Bazzi was, as usual, fantastic. He had a couple, a tremendous save on Vincent Trocek um, and a, a few others as well. But right. we talked about in Game 4 how the Lightning had the lead going into the third period and then allowed two shots the whole period until they got to six-on-five play, and then it was, what, four more shots. So six six shots in the third period as Carolina's trying to avoid going down 3-1. So the Lightning have a one nothing lead going into the third period on Tuesday night. They give up four early shots right away. I mean, Carolina came out flying the beginning of the third. Sure. They got four quick shots on goal. 
the rest of the period as they're down 1-0 and then 2-0, including the empty net time. Four more shots. They mm. gave up eight shots. The Lightning's forecheck was relentless in the third period. After those first couple minutes when Carolina got some shots, they were relentless. And, you know, the, Carolina couldn't get the puck up the ice to try to score as they're, they're trying to stave off elimination, the most desperate time you can have. You're down in the third period of an elimination game. And the Lightning's forecheck, you know, when this team wants to lock it down, and there's a reason that they went 26-0 and in the regular season when leading after two periods and they're whatever they are in the playoffs, you know, 7-1, and 6-1, and one, whatever it is, leading after um, two periods in the, in the playoffs, is when they want to lock it down. I mean, it helps to have the best goalie in the world behind you. But when they get that forecheck rolling and going, you can't, you can't, get down the ice on them. They are they are relentless, and they were rolling four lines tonight. Tyler Johnson was flying down, around the ice. Mm-hmm. Pat Maroon had a great game. Ross Colton. Uh, Yanni Gord, of course, always does. Um, yeah. Braden Point, the goal he scored was unreal on the power play. Mm-hmm. Completely deked Nadelkovich out. Right. Um, it was just – it was a phenomenal effort by the team. Um, and now they get to get some rest a little bit. Now we'll see – you know, if if you if you really want the Lightning to get rest, root for Boston tonight, which would force a game seven on Friday night between those two teams. Which means the earliest the playoff series would start would be Sunday for the Lightning. If New York wins tonight, it could start Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. So, you know, the team that they so far that they've had the most trouble with was was Florida, not Carolina, um, and yet I listen. I I haven't watched a lot of the Islanders or the Bruins series, but I'm just here to tell you, it just feels like no one's going to stop the Lightning from getting back to the, to the, at least the Stanley Cup final. I I just um, I know both those teams are capable. I know you you don't just assume things in in playoff hockey. Anything can and does happen. Sure, all of that makes sense to me. But barring some kind of injury, barring anything happening to Vasilevsky or maybe Kucherov, um, something unforeseen. They're right now the best hockey team in the NHL, and they've got the best goaltender and one of the best players in the world, maybe two of the best players in the world, maybe three of the best players in the world, and they're all playing well, and I just don't see anybody slowing them down. I mean, I I, I guess it could happen, but, boy, it just doesn't – it seems like their focus, um, their experience, um, like you mentioned when you know they had a one-to-nothing lead that basically they were choking, you know, choking out their opponents with and – Probably could have won that game one to nothing if they needed to, and so I, it's just a feel thing, you know. Everything's kind of jumbled because you don't have the divisions and you know and so forth and so on. And they only played a certain number of teams this year. And I don't know what would happen if they get to the Stanley Cup final and it's Colorado, um, you know, or Las Vegas. I really don't know. I know Colorado is very very good. If Las Vegas beats them, they're going to be very very good. But they're going to get there, and I don't think anything's going to stop them. They just don't look like that team to me. Well, a couple things. I think one, I think Vegas and Colorado are really good. And I think, you know, Vegas particularly has a lot of postseason experience. They've played a lot of postseason games for an expansion franchise four years ago. Right. So, so that course played a lot, too. Uh, look, I think the Lightning's experience in these first two series have shown. Uh, you know, take, for instance, tonight, Carolina. What's the one thing that we've said all along? You can't put the Lightning on the power play. Right, Hawk and Paw took a very bad penalty against Pat Maroon, and that's the one that Braden Point scored on to give the Lightning a 1-0 lead. 
It was a bad interference penalty, an unnecessary penalty, something you don't need to do in that situation. It wasn't like you're stopping a breakaway to take a penalty or or even an inadvertent, you know, your stick gets up, you know, and hits somebody you didn't mean to. This was an interference penalty you didn't need to take. And it, the lightning then takes a 1-0 lead. I mean, that's experience in playoffs. That's I think you saw even in the Florida series too in, in Carolina is is both those teams are extremely talented. They they're they're well coached. They have good players. They have some star players. They didn't have the experience. I mean, you know, Steven Stamkos talked about the playoffs is we know how to turn it on. And, and what you saw in the regular season isn't what they're doing in the playoffs. Now, part of that is Nikita Kucherov's back. But the other part oh, is is part. they went through the regular season knowing we're not trying to set records. We don't need to win 62 games. And granted, they didn't play 82 this year. But we're, we just we're going to get in the playoffs. They got off to a hot start. They coasted part of the way down the stretch. They had some injuries they had to deal with. But, you know, it was all about getting ready for the playoffs, period. You know, much like, you know, the, the year before, and it got interrupted by, you know, COVID and that. But, you know, as Tom, you know, Tom Jones used to talk about all the time, you know, wake me up in January or, you know, when it's playoff time after, you know, the season they had the year before is this team. It's all about getting ready for the playoffs. It doesn't matter how you play in the regular season. Just get there. They didn't didn't care. They didn't win the division. They took the third seat. They were fine with that. We'll go on the road and win. It doesn't matter. That's what experience in this group's been together. I mean, you know, Nikita Kucherov said a hundred playoff games, Kalorn. I mean, all these guys have a hundred playoff games. Think of the teams that, haven't had 100 playoff games, you know, this century in the NHL. I mean, and this is just core in just the last seven to eight years that, you know, these players are getting up there and, and how many playoff games they've seen and done everything. And and so are they one of the favorites? Yes. Are they the best team in hockey? I don't know. I mean, I I think Vegas and Colorado are extremely good. And they're, they're playing in the second round. So one of those is going to be out after this round. Right, and they're going as we're taping this. They're going to overtime in Game Five. The series is tied two-two. Boston and New York. Look, we know the challenge. I mean, Boston has a tremendous top line, probably still the best line in hockey. And and if you're going to go, if you're going to take a lot of penalties, they're going to make you pay. Now, if you can neutralize that line, you can really slow them down. But with Taylor Hall now, they have a second line that can actually score. So it adds a new challenge that the Lightning haven't faced against the Boston team yet. Mm-hmm. And the Islanders are very sound structurally, defensively. That it can be tough and frustrating sometimes to play against them. Now, you'd expect the Lightning's experience won't let that fluster them. But and they have Selmian Varlamov has had a great postseason so far for the Islanders. Tukarask is hurt for Boston. If he doesn't go or can't play, then you know then I really like your chances against Boston. But Boston and New York are two very good teams. And we and the Lightning have seen them in the last few seasons in the postseason, right? So you kind of have a feel for the team itself. I mean, there's always changes, but you know, to sit there and just say that no one's going to stop the Lightning, I, you know, one in hockey, a hot goalie can stop you. You know, Varlamov well, I mean, I'm not. I'm yeah. listen. My mortgage, my mortgage sure. is isn't what it used to be, but I'm not betting it against uh, <laughs> you know for the Lightning. I mean, I, I know anything can happen in sports. It's just a feel thing, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's just watching this group play, um, and and even with some of the young guys that they bring up, the you know the Ross Coltons and that. I, I mean, everybody, everything, every piece seems to fit right, mm-hmm. and they they're getting better even as the playoffs are going along. You have to remember Kucherov missed a whole season. We forget. I mean, it's so easy to watch him play right now and forget that this is a guy 
um, who had surgery on his hip and could not play. Couldn't play until the postseason. And, you know, after a couple games, weeks, series, you're like, no, yeah, that's Nikita Kucherov. No, like this is... This is a huge get for them. This was a this was an enormous break, a nice bounce. Um, you know, Stamkos coming back and and you know for all the world looking like um, he he's not struggling at all with whatever it was that knocked him out of the last month or so of the season. Um, and Vasilevsky, of course, you you know always have a chance with that guy, and I think a bunch of other guys are playing well too. It just it it's just winning time. It, it you know this is not going to surprise them. None of it that they that they beat Florida or that they won in five games over Carolina, and they're not going to be surprised and or intimidated by, you know, either the Islanders or or the Bruins. And I I think they know they're better if they play their game. I think they know they're better. But mm-hmm. could they lose? Sure. Um, you know, all, all that. You know, you get that's why you play the games. I get all of it, and I would think that their their biggest obstacle to repeating, um, you know, assuming that I'm right and they get out of the uh, out of the semifinal. Is just going to be there. There could be better teams, you know, in the West. I mean, you know, Colorado may just be better, or may get hot, or whatever. Um, you just don't know. And the, the Knights as well. So, um, to me, uh, you know, that's going to be the test. I really do believe they're going to win this series, whoever they play. The rest is going to do them a ton of a ton mm-hmm. of good. So, you know what? Um, I mean, you can't you can't not like everything they're doing at this point. Yes. They, they could have come back to Florida and, and Tampa and played another game, you know, leading three, two and this series could have gone, um, you know, the extra, the extra couple of days, but they wanted to end it and they wanted the rest and they earned it. And, and now they can sit back and watch these other two teams beat the hell out of each other. Well, and it's key too. If you remember in the bubble last season, you know, their first two series and went five games and five games, right. To only right. play 10 games. Through your first two rounds this year, it's six and five, so it's eleven. That's still very good. Still you remember really good. Back in 2015, when the Lightning went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to the Blackhawks, they played seven games, I believe, in the first round, six, seven, and six. Mm. They played 26 out of a possible 28 playoff games. Right. You know that that wears on you to only play 11 through your first two series is good. Right. You know, for instance, take Vegas. They had to go seven games against Minnesota their first round. Right. They're going to go at least six against Colorado, assuming they advance. Right. So they're going to have to play at least 13 if, if they don't go to game seven against Colorado. You know, that wears on a team. And, and, and you know, look, the Lightning seem to be in pretty good health-wise. But, you know, there's things nagging every guy. Oh, they're I mean, all beat you know, up. I mean, yeah. the hockey players, it's amazing what they come back from injury from and how quick. But, yeah, um, you know, you know that that they've got – injuries in this that and the other and things that are bothering them well every team does and so the more rest you get the less games you play the less wear and tear on you it's key i mean that that's important and critical just the rest and the the less games the less chance to get hurt so full disclosure i will admit that i did not get to see much at all uh saw the first period didn't get to see much of all of the lightning game have seen the highlights um certainly i know what happened but that was because i was visiting my good friend well, hold on. Before we go there, one thing to be concerned about with the Lightning. Yes. Andre Pilat uh, got called for a check so, to the head. He's looking to be a suspended player, right? Uh, minimum, I think he'll be fined. Could be okay. suspended a game. I wouldn't think it'd be more than a game. Yeah. I don't. There was not intent there. It was not, and he doesn't have a history of that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was. A, it was a. You know, he got his shoulder into the head. Right. It was a bad penalty. A bad play. Mm-hmm. Um. 
you know, you could see him suspended for a game or two to start the next round. So yeah, that's um, something, not good. something to be worried about for lightning fans is, you know, that's your top line there. So, you right. know, then who are you putting up there with Cooch and point and how does that affect other lines and such? Uh, you know, I would assume Matthew Joseph would come in the lineup, mm-hmm. you know, but who you move around, where is Tyler Johnson move up there or does Sorelli go there and Tyler goes to Sorelli spot or, you know, how they move it around. We'll see if that happens. And, and you know, but that is a possibility. That was not a very good hit, and you know he probably faces at least a game suspension. Yeah, if it was regular season, he might got more, but for the playoffs in the semifinal round, they'll probably say one and, and done. Yeah, the Ho- most. Hopefully, he he isn't suspended. We'll, you know, we'll see what the Department of Player Safety uh, says about that. But that is a possibility. They they do look at every hit to the head, uh, illegal check to the head like that. So right. Not a history with it, but, yeah, it's certainly something to be concerned with. Um, as I was saying, the reason I, I didn't get to watch the whole game was I, I, I was at a comedy club not doing comedy. Uh, that's not my thing. But I was watching my good friend Frank Caliendo, who uh, was in town. Who? And you know who Frank is. Uh, I know all his voices. Listen, I don't know who Frank is. Yeah, well, I mean, his voice, nothing wrong with his voice. But he. it was interesting because uh, uh, I was – I found out he was going to be in town. I want to go see him because it's literally was right down the street from where I live up here in um, northern Tampa. And um, so I was just trying to figure out what his schedule was. If, if uh, you know, there's a restaurant nearby that I know very well, uh, know the owners very well. And so I was just going to tell him that, that you you know, don't know if you know the lay of the land, but you're just a block or two away. Um, if, if after you're set, you want to get a bite to eat or whatever. And Frank was one of those guys, and you know this, Steve, because you talked to him a long time back in the radio days with Tom and I. In the morning, all the comedians kind of come through there, right? When they're doing the local com- comedy clubs, uh, a lot of times they'll roll in. And it's, you know, we had a morning show. So, I mean, they're, a lot of times they're coming from a red eye out west or someplace, and mm-hmm. they're very sleepy-eyed. And there's nothing worse than, you know, a, a, a comic walking in to promote you know, his show later that day or that night at some comedy club. And it, it's sort of like, it's like, okay, made me laugh, clown. You know, like they can't always be on. Um, I remember there were some dour interviews. I think, was it John Lovitz? He's the old Saturday Night Live guy. He was mm-hmm. one that was, there was a tough interview. Um, but you just got to understand that, you know, they're, they're human beings too. And, and they're not on stage. They're promoting their stage work or what they do. Frank is always Frank. I mean, Frank is just one of the most humble guys in the world. You've talked to him before. He's one of the most um, down-to-earth. Like, yeah. A lot of comedians are a little uh, – a lot of them are they, introverted. A lot of them are shy. A lot of them Yeah, are, they have some idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. and some, you know, you know, things like that, some quirks. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people – I mean, that's the one thing about, you know, whether it's Hollywood stars or television stars or even a lot of radio personalities and – and comedians and things, people that put themselves out on a stage, yeah, generally have some quirks or idiosyncrasies to them that yeah. are, that are unlike other people, which is why they're willing to put themselves out on a stage and mm-hmm. potentially get cheered or booed right off of it too. So, it, right, it, it, it's it's I don't want to say it's not a normal person that does that, but there are some quirks that come with that for a lot of those types of people that decide they want to put their whole life out, out on a stage and, and perform for people. Um, and so, but Frank is one who's, I don't know if he doesn't have any, but he, he definitely is more just regular guy as you're sitting there talking to him, you know, off the air than, than, you know, than a yeah. lot of them are. He's as humble as he can be. And he's, and, and that's a good way of putting, it. he's just like, he's like your next door neighbor. I mean, you know, he coaches youth football 
lives out in Arizona, um, you know, all of that, and easy to converse with. And so when I when I knew he was going to be in town, um, like I said, I contacted him. We started trading uh, text messages and whatnot. And I had tickets. I, I went and saw him. He killed it. He was phenomenal. He tried some different things. He actually did sort of two sets within one. He went up and did about 15 minutes and tried some things, and he came back for his more, more of what you would expect from Frank's act with all the impressions and whatnot. Um, but it, it was it was great to see him. Place was packed. Everybody uh, had a good time. It was a really good audience. He was fantastic. There were other good uh, uh, comedians as well um, on the night. But um, but yeah, man, he was, you know, and he knows where he's at, right? He's in Tampa, so you know, so so much of what he does uh, or has done in the past is 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 you know, obviously John Gruden, and then um, he also can do a pretty damn good Bruce Arians because. Him and Steve Kayyem, the general manager of the Cardinals, uh, is a good friend of his. I think he might coach his kids, Kayyem's kids, in, in, in flag football or youth football, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, he, he he's just spot on with his area. And so he came back after his first set and and, and did some of, some of more of like his normal act. Um, but it's just always good to, to hear him. I mean, his listen, I do Gruden, but but I, I am more like doing Frank doing Gruden because – no one has captures his face. The face is his ability to morph into character facially, especially with John and and whether it's Al Pacino or Robert De Niro, like Donald Trump, he becomes them facially. It's hysterical. Um, and, you know, he was able to do that with Gruden. His Gruden story he's told many times, um, and he's told the Madden story too where John Madden really didn't get it until – he saw him at a Super Bowl with his grandkids, and he made the grandkids laugh, and then you know he was accepting of it. But with Gruden, um, he said, you know, I went from Fox to ESPN. Fox was like, insult anybody you want, do whoever you want, you know, make fun of Terry, not funny, not funny, and all that. And and then when he went to ESPN, um, they were like, uh, yeah, be very careful. Like, what exactly were you going to do? You know, he said it was a lot more um, sort of walking on eggshells a little bit because they didn't want to offend anybody. Which, I, I mean, if you think Frank's, you know, Im- impressions of you are offensive, so be it. But he's very clean. Um, he's not political in any way. And he's just really funny. And so when he met um, John Gruden for the first time, I'm trying to think where he said he was. Um, anyway, it was set up by ESPN. And, and, and Gruden, he had, he had already done Gruden a number of times uh, for ESPN. And he finally met John. And he didn't know what John would think and think about it, you know, and he, he said that, uh, you know, Gruden came, Gruden met him and, and he was like, so you're the guy that does me, huh? <laughs> so, so Frank immediately went into character and, um, you know, when you watch Frank do John, you think you swear you're looking at John because, uh, he's got his mannerisms. He's got his face down perfect. He goes, and I just, cause I just had fun when I'd look some stuff up about it. He goes, he says, "Yeah, I'm I'm that guy." He goes, uh, "We got a lot in common." He goes, "Really?" He goes, "What what do we got in common?" He goes, "I'm from Sandusky, Ohio, too, man." <laughs> and then Gruden goes, Gruden goes, "You're blowing my mind right now, man." So that was the first time they met. So, uh, but they, but listen, he he uh, he put on a tremendous show. If you have a chance to go out there to Side Splitters uh, up here in Carrollwood or North Tampa, uh, do it. I think he's got two shows tonight. One at seven thirty and one at around nine or so. 
Um, and the thing about Frank is, and, and who does this, right? A star of his caliber. Um, after the show, he sat outside. Well, sat outside. He stood outside. And for anybody that wanted, he uh, posed for pictures with the entire audience. Whoever wanted to stand there and get a picture with Frank. I mean, just, you know, just that kind of guy. So fun to see him. Before we move uh, on, Vegas just uh, beat Colorado. They've won three straight in that series for woo! a 3-2 series lead. 50 seconds wow. into OT. That's crazy, I think it was man. Mark Stone, I think, got it. That's crazy. They're really good. Look, yep. they're really good. Whoever comes out of that, uh, you know, that series is going to have a really good shot, man. I didn't see. I didn't see a lot of this game, but Vegas has outplayed Colorado for m- much of the last three games in this series. Games two, three, and four. Uh, they didn't win game two because Colorado had a really good first period, but uh, they yeah. now have won three straight. Uh, go back to Vegas for game six on Thursday night. So. Incredible if Vegas makes it. They'll just be incredible. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Um, we got baseball, of course, uh, both uh, Major League and college baseball to tell you about. First of all, the Rays beat the Nationals 3-1. to one. Tyler Glasnow was dealing once again. Two Ten extra more days rested him really good. Yeah, man. Yeah, he was dominant again. And they needed this, it because they didn't score a lot of runs in this game. So no, no, it was a three to one game. And and um, listen, I I don't know. There's a lot of good pitchers in the American League, um, and and some may well wind up with you know better win loss records or maybe even ERA. But if Tyler Glasnow is not at least in the conversation, and I mean one, two, or three in the Cy Young voting, I'd be shocked if he continues what he's doing now and, and carries that through the entire season. I mean, he's just been lights out. And when he's on, he is really on. Um, so it, you know that's it's been fun to watch him pitch. And and again, you know, you just keep asking yourself, how long can the Rays stay this hot? I mean, they're they've been white hot for so long, you know. Um, but it, it, they 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 don't score a lot of runs. Sometimes they play in a lot of close games. They just know how to finish them. And the pitching has just been outstanding. The pitching has been great this year. Oh, it's about run prevention. Not yes. run accumulation. Not accumulation, I know. <laughs> well, they don't accumulate very much, but they've done enough. And no. Mike Brasso uh, got the game-winning RBI tonight. It wasn't a very hard-struck ball, but he got a double and knocked in uh, the yeah. second run of the game. So he had been struggling. Um, yeah. You know, I was kind of watching it while producing the Lightning game, and mm-hmm. I was like, why aren't they pitch-hitting Brasso? He had the right-hander up. Right. And he was 0-2 for 2 that night, but he came through and got the double, and Knocked in the game-winning runs, so sweet. Um, you know they get they get help from all over the lineup, up and down that lineup. It's a different person every night, which is part of the the reason for their success. It's not you know one or two guys trying to carry the load. It's mm-hmm. you know every night it can be somebody different, which is what makes it work. No doubt. So they'll continue that series with the Nationals. Meanwhile, a little bit of college baseball to talk about. Remember last week. Well, first of all, let's let's just say congratulations to the University of South Florida Bulls. My goodness, 
Uh, first time ever in the Super Regional. They're going to Austin. But 14 you of the know, last 20 uh, games they've won? It's um, I mean, what a turnaround. They were under 500 going into the conference tournament. They had to win it, okay, as, as a low seed. They had to go through that and win it in order to get into the uh, college baseball playoffs. And then look what they've done since they've been here. And, you know, first time in a regional final. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I don't know if they get, you know, all the way to the College World Series. But in the region they were in, they knocked off both Florida and Miami. That's not – in any year, that's not easy to do. And a good South um, Alabama team. And a really good South Alabama team that took them to, the, to an elimination game until mm-hmm. winner-take-all game because they had won uh, the previous night in a rain-delayed game before that. So, yeah, man, what a, what a year for Champa Bay. It's just part of Champa Bay, right, USF baseball. And then me and you talked about my neighbor – that's right. The, the great Tim Elko, who lives down the street from me, uh, and I didn't discover this until recently, uh, plays at Ole Miss, um, you know, was going to be an All-America uh, player, you know, certainly could have come out in the draft had they had one more than a few rounds a year ago. Comes back, has an unbelievable month of March. It's like nine or ten home runs. Then tears his ACL, and it was like, <gasps> season's over. Season is over. How do you come back from a torn ACL? You're a baseball player. Well, he did. He didn't have surgery yet. That'll come at the end of the season. But he's been so productive that and swinging such a hot bat. He had a grand slam to open the region against, uh, I think it was uh, Southwest Missouri or one of those Missouri teams. And then he came back and, um, you know, in the final game, the elimination game, basically the championship game of this particular region to get to the super region, he had a grand slam. It was the second of the tournament and then another home run. I mean, the guy is just absolutely raking, and he's on one leg. So it's a good thing he hits it over the fence. He can't run. But what a what a story, and what a job by Tim Elko and this uh, old Miss Rebel team. That's what you love about sports, man. You never can predict that That's stuff. Incredible, I mean, man. Two grand slams in a regional. Yeah. And can't run. Can't run. Can't run to first. I mean, you know, he kind of hobbles down there, and he does. He, you know, he clearly is something's wrong. He's not in a tremendous amount of pain, or so he says. But. Um, yeah, man, just 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 absolutely raking. It's incredible. I hope you got him to autograph a ball years ago when you saw him playing catch, so that you had the first I didn't. autograph. I didn't, but I might go to his old man's house and say, "Hey, has he signed <laughs> anything besides a check in the last few years?" Um, because I want one. Um, yeah, I, I want one of those old Miss hats, even though they beat my Arkansas State Red Wolves this year. I still would love to have one. I remember playing against Old Miss. That stadium is a lot smaller now. They, I swear to God, they moved the fences in. Or I might have hit ton home runs in a series against them. It's like three fifty five to the power alleys in left field. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Three fifty five. I mean, you know, that's a pop up to deep shortstop in most ballparks. It's it's really close, and the ball just flies out of there. I don't know what it's the air, the wind currents, or what. It's like right field at Yankee Stadium, man. You get the ball up in the air, and it's just going to go and go and go. So there was a ton of home runs hit, even by Southern Mississippi in the final game. And now they got to go uh, to Tucson and they're going to play uh, the University of Arizona in a super region to see if they can go to the College World Series. It's just just an unbelievable story. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Minicamp. Oh, yeah, that one, that thing. All right, so here's what I, here's what I discovered in going out to the Bucks mandatory minicamp on Tuesday. Why the hell they have these things? I mean, I suppose there's a team maybe with a new head coach 
Um, maybe one that's coming off a bad season that may want to assemble and get things started a little bit early. But I'm here to tell you, uh, I was watching this full squad workout of the Bucks on Tuesday, and they could go out there right now and kick kick Dallas's butt. I'm I'm convinced of it. That's how the precision that they that they operated on, especially on offense against their good defense. I mean, it was good on good. Um, was incredible. Like Tom Brady and those guys were just in sync. Um, it, it, it's just it just lent more, you know, evidence to the belief by a lot of players, you know, that we don't need all this, you know, we don't, we don't need to be there in OTAs and, and all these practices, but uh, everybody was there and accounted for. There were a few guys not working and Dominican Sue was out. Um, who else do we have? Jalen Darden had tweaked a hamstring or something like that. Uh, so he was out. OJ Howard's not working yet. So there were a number of guys, Joan Jordan Whitehead that are still on the men, but uh, boy, for the ones that were there, and NBA split them in two fields. You had Brady and Blaine Gabbert on one field with with his players, and then on the other field you had Kyle Trask and, and um, Ryan Griffin. Um, but they both got a ton of work, a ton of reps. They finished about the same time on the practice fields, and uh, they'll be back at it today. Uh, and today, after practice, we'll have an opportunity to talk to Tom Brady for the first time, really since he won the Super Bowl, since he tried to throw the trophy in the in Hillsborough River. Um, so I have a chance to talk to him. And then they're going to wrap it up on Wednesday. So, yeah, exciting, exciting mini camp. You can't glean a lot from it. Um, like I said, there's no contact, so it's mostly basketball and grass. But I'm telling you, as sharp as Brady looked, uh, the knee had a brace on it, but um, he did not look the worst for for whatever procedures he had. Uh, this is going to be, you know, a very, very interesting year again uh, with the Bucks and uh, you know, it all all kind of starts. This is like. This is the unofficial official start of the next year, right, of the 2021 season. Now, they still have one more commitment to do uh, in July when they get their rings, which is a big night, and you still celebrate last year. But what Bruce Arians told them, you know, before they went out on the practice field was, you know, we haven't done anything. I mean, he's been consistent with that. He's like, you may have a starting job now, but rest assured, you know, if somebody's better, we're going to play them. So, um, you know, there's there's just a lot. I think Tom Brady's safe. Yeah, I think he's okay. By the way, he looks. He just he's so much better. I'm telling you, he's so much better this year. He's not using the wristband. The decisions are quicker. He's accurate as hell. He had that sleeve on his knee, but it wasn't. You know, you can't. He wasn't mobile to begin with, so it's not like he's running around in the pocket. You know, Bruce Arians wanted him to be do more coaching than playing, but you know, his doctors and 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 everybody convinced Arians, no, 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 he's okay. And all Arians wanted to do was pull him out, you know, before they got heavy in the blitz period in case somebody, some rookie or somebody came off the edge and, you know, forgot who was the franchise was back there. But aside from that, he did everything and looked good doing everything. So I think Brady's ready to go. Uh, and certainly the whole team will be ready to go. When this is over on Wednesday, then they'll take a break and they'll come back, as I said, uh, July 24th, they get uh, they get their rings. July 28th, I want to say they report to training camp, first team to do so uh, with that you know game kicking off on a, a Thursday night instead of a Sunday night, first game in the NFL season. Uh, you know, so that's that's something to look forward to. But I'm just I'm just telling you, man, it, it, the, if these guys will be diligent in their Zoom meetings or whatever it is they're doing with their position coaches, I I just don't see a huge need, at least on this football team, with all the returning starters to have to go out there and do stuff. 
they look really, really, really good. And um, that was it was actually a, a fun practice to watch, which I don't usually say that about practice because most of them are just you know well practice, not we're the talking game. About not practice. The, what are we talking about? Not the game I love, I man. We're talking about practice. But yeah, that's that's what we had to watch. So we did. So the rest of the week we've got uh, Tommy. the Lightning, Tommy and Jones. Tommy. Tom Jones is going to join us for a couple of podcasts. Yeah, he'll be here tomorrow for the show. Perfect. Well, TJ's always good. We can discuss everything with him: the Lightning, the Bucks, the Rays, obviously, and whatever else he's got going on his newsletter on Pointer dot org. Getting some love from uh, you listeners out there uh, for Tom Jones. They obviously love on this podcast, as do we. So, yeah, we still got still got a number of days here left in the week. Um, Lightning are on to the next round, the semifinal round, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll see whether it'll be New York Islanders or the Boston Bruins. That'll be something to look forward to, and we're thinking maybe it'll be as late as Sunday night before that next series begins if that previous series goes seven games. So uh, the days off are going to be great for them, and they'll be great for us too because maybe we won't have so many late nights, which is good. (laughs) So I'm not going to lie to you about that. Anyway, for Steve Versnick, thanks for listening. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.